0: Money FM eighty nine point three, best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM eighty nine point three. Good morning, welcome to the bigger picture. I'm Ahmad Akhtar. Stocks ended on Friday, heading towards their best monthly gain in more than a year. And this week, the biggest test for stock market bulls will be provided by the Fed's preferred inflation gauge, that is the PCE price deflator. The economic calendar this week also features manufacturing data coming out of China, a key OPEC Plus meeting, as well as this year's COP28 summit, which is being held in Dubai. To find out more about all of that, we have on the line with us now Charu Chanana, who is a market strategist at Saxo Singapore. Charu, welcome to the show. Good morning.
1: Uh, Good morning, Imad. Uh, Happy Monday.
0: Happy Monday. It is Cyber Monday, of course. Did you get up to any shopping on Black Friday? (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. We have some good deals in Singapore as well, so why
0: not? Fantastic, fantastic. All right, let's kick things off with the PCE price deflator uh, data, which is coming out later this week. What are you expecting on that front?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, inflation still remains top of mind for market participants and also for central bankers. So I think this week's PCE, which obviously is the measure that the Fed really focuses on to kind of gauge the inflationary pressures, will be quite key. But overall, you know, we have that sense that inflation is slowing down again you know this october print will obviously be impacted by the easing oil prices as well the energy prices cooled in october so that should continue to take some pressure off the headline if you look at consensus numbers i think the expected gain is only about 0.1 percent month on month So that should be uh, some amount of good news uh, for market and you know even the year on year number the consensus is looking at what 3.5 percent so if you look at the feds dot plot that mm. is low than where they had put the dot for uh, the year-end uh, P- core PCE target of 3.7%. Uh, so things are looking pretty much on track, and that could potentially mean that markets will continue to take this as a positive signal that inflation is slowing down.
0: Yeah, that's right. Some analysts are looking at Thursday's reading as a final chance for economic data to derail the current narrative, bolstering stocks that so the U.S. economy may be heading for a soft landing. So remains to be seen what happens there. Let's look across the pond to Euro on cpi which is also coming out as well as in australia and japan which are going to be releasing their october inflation figures this week as well and that might give us clues as to future moves by their respective central banks any thoughts on what's going to be happening there
1: I think, again, you know, like I said earlier, the broad disinflation narrative, that kind of holds for uh, most of the developed market uh, economies. So for Eurozone, I think, again, uh, the expectation is much around the fact whether, uh, you know, we actually get further slowing and that could still continue to signal that the ECB uh, rate hike uh, cycle has also ended. I think Australia is a bit of a concern here because there we don't have as clear a disinflation trend as in US or Europe for now. So we could certainly see lower gasoline prices pushing down this inflation print for October in Australia as well. But there are some lingering upside pressures coming from rents and from utilities. And, you know, um, the RBS rate hike cycle hasn't obviously kept pace as well uh, with the U.S. rate hike cycle. And that is why we've seen um, Governor Bullock kind of still maintaining a marginally hawkish tone for now. Mm. Uh, So I think this data certainly is a little bit more critical than I would say for U.S. and Eurozone where the market is already expecting
0: that this inflation trend to continue. Let's move on to China now. China's going to be releasing its official factory activity figures for November this Thursday. Last month, manufacturing activity unexpectedly contracted. That's for October. And that underlined some of the problems facing policymakers as they try to revitalize economic growth. What are we expecting this time? I
1: I mean, of course, China is really a big focus. And we've seen so many false dawns for the China economy, for the China markets. You know, every time investors hoped for a recovery this year, they were left disappointed. Uh, I mean, beats, the reopening rally from the start of the year, and then the multiple rounds of stimulus measures that we've seen over the course of the year as well. All of that kind of really bumped up sentiment for a day or a couple of days. And then we got back to that same uh, downbeat sentiment. But now, I mean, again, I would say that things are are looking like They might be turning once again. I mean, who knows whether again this is for real or not. But I think because the stimulus measures have really picked up, I think it remains to be seen whether that economic data is seeing the impact of those stimulus measures. So I think that's why these uh, PMIs that we get in China this week, they will be pretty important. Manufacturing PMI, as you said, it fell back into contraction territory in October. So, you know, we know that the recovery has not been sticking. The recovery we saw in September. So that's a big test whether we do get a recovery back into expansion or not. I think consensus is only looking for a very modest increase to 49.6 from 49.5. But of course, the consensus is more upbeat on the services uh, side of the economy where the PMI is expected to jump to more than 51 from uh, 50.6 last time. But mm. if that doesn't materialize, again, I think that's a big risk, right? I mean, I think sure. investors will just abandon any hopes of a uh, China rebound if we don't see at least the services side rebounding that
0: well. Sure. Speaking of consensus, we also have on the horizon this week a key OPEC Plus meeting. Now, of course, the alliance had to push back this meeting by four days because two of its members, Angola and Nigeria, refused to accept lower output quotas. Oil has steadied after a three-day drop on signs that OPEC Plus may deepen production cuts when it holds its meeting this Thursday. Are you expecting the same?
1: I mean, I mean, of course, if they do just extend the production cuts that they have in place for now, I think that will not be enough of a boost to crude oil prices as Saudi Arabia wants. You know, I think there are reports suggesting that Saudi Arabia actually wants oil prices closer to a $100 to be able to avoid a budget deficit. Mm. So they really need to obviously expand the production cuts from here, because looking at the demand outlook going into next year, that certainly looks a lot weaker. Looking at the supply outlook as well, I mean, even though PEC has cut production, but there are other the non-OPEC members um, who are actually still increasing crude oil production so the demand supply fundamental certainly suggest that all prices would be pushed lower going into next year and that means production cuts have to expand from here but I think for me the biggest risk to watch out of this meeting is what kind of a discord we see between the different members because just going back to 2020 when there was no decision out of OPEC, you know, we did see a brief time when oil prices fell below zero so I think that's really something worth watching whether what kind of an agreement we get between the different members of uh, the cartel.
0: Now another big ticket event happening this week is of course The UN's annual climate change conference, COP28, being held in Dubai this year. I understand, Charu, that they might be deciding on rules for a new emissions market that may start to operate from next year. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit more about that and what they have on the agenda?
1: of course, this is first and foremost, it will be a reality check on mm. how far most of the countries are from their climate targets, really. And then, of course, you know, secondly, like you said, there will be you know, negotiations on critical issues like climate finance, like emission reduction targets, and the likes. So, so, fossil fuels will continue to be a key discussion point. Like, even this morning, I was reading the headline which said that Indonesia has obviously been ramping up its coal production. So, a lot of countries and industries have actually gone back to fossil fuels in recent years because how this high cost of capital kind of continues to curtail the benefits of shifting to renewables, right? So uh, that is really raising the question on how do we get that green transformation Mm. running um, in this new era of high interest rates. So of course, I think fossil fuels will remain a big part of the solution right now and whether COP28 kind of agrees to it or they give an extended timeline around it or not will be key to watch. I think one of the other um, very interesting things to watch out of this uh, meeting is that, and it's something that we wrote about at Saxo in our outrageous predictions for 2023 as mm. well, which is a flagship uh, publication that we do every year, we wrote about how meat bans could be considered by some countries to reach their climate goals. So, you know, if you look at it, there are two things that create the most uh, greenhouse gas emissions, it's air travel and it's meat consumption. So in mm. COP28 as well, it is expected that they could potentially be a guideline for some of the developed countries to reduce their meat consumption to be able to reach their climate goals. So I think that will be an interesting new addition to their discussions.
0: All right, plenty to look ahead to for markets this week. Charu, thank you so much. Absolutely. We've been in conversation with Charu Chanana, who's a market strategist at Saxo Singapore. Stay with Money FM 89.3.